Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Guys, welcome to our show that's for you and about you. Those of you who work so hard for your money, and you want your money to start working harder for you now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now to live the life that you love with those you love doing what you love. And of course, most importantly, it's not just about making money, but it's also about creating a life of freedom where you can create a ripple effect to the lives of others, whether it be through your family, your community, or across the world. And that kind of impact is why I'm so excited to create a ripple effect for you. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for binging, sharing, and spreading the word. I love seeing just how many of you have really been just jumping on board and really trying to make your own ripple effect. So thank you for joining us. As a reminder, check out our website, moneyripples.com, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples with Chris Miles page. Check it out. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income, from making at least double-digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp. does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually reach double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right, guys, so I've got a special guest here because I know many of you, like we address a lot of times those that are American, those in the U.S. I know there's a ton of you that are outside the U.S. Because I know about roughly about 8% of you aren't even part of the United States, right? You're in some other country around the world. And many of you will even ask me, reach out saying, Chris, how do I start investing? Like, should I invest in the U.S. or should I invest elsewhere? Because it looks like in my country, it's not great. Especially if you're in like Australia or New Zealand, you're like, not so good. But how do I invest in the U.S.? Well, guys, my guest I have here today has done that and he's done a bang up job of it too. So I've got a special guest here for you guys. Colin Murphy. Now, Colin here, he actually is originally from Ireland, and he's but, but he's been investing in the U.S. since 2009. He came in right when everything was going to pot. Uh, during that time, he's bought and sold more than $100 million worth of real estate. He's also including some of these are 350 plus fix and flips in the Tampa Bay area. And a lot of this has been between 2015 and 2020 as a real licensed realtor too. Uh, he's also an expert in foreclosure options. There's a wide variety of real estate activities, including buy and hold, fix and flip, wholesaling, tax investing, note investing, private lending, and so much more. So, so excited to have Colin on here today. So Colin, welcome to our show. Thank you, Chris. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So give us a little bit more, fill in some of the gaps here. Like what even brought you over to the US in the first place and, and why did you start investing here? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a weird kind of journey that got me to investing in Florida. It started when I was like 23, 24 in London. I worked for a company that published real estate magazines and real estate mm-hmm. exhibitions. So I got to travel around the world meeting realtors and sellers and developers and currency experts trying to convince everybody to come to the show in London, the show in Liverpool, the show in Dublin. So it was a great work hard, play hard introduction to the world of real estate, but from a media point of view. And after a few years of that, I set up an office in Dublin 
promoting real estate in emerging markets, which at the time was in Eastern Europe and Central and South America. So I did that mm -hmm. from kind of 2006 to 2009, selling those products to the Irish market, which was going real estate crazy at the time. It was a little bit of a mania in a lot of places. I mean, the US was no different. Mm -hmm. And that kind of business model I had, which was promoting pre-construction real estate in kind of second and even third world countries, came to a shuddering halt sometime between Bear Stearns collapsing in March 08 and Lehman Brothers in September 08. So I had to completely pivot and uh, reinvent the business completely. And we did that promoting real estate in Florida, uh, initially to a, a British and Irish audience, but we expanded over the years to just selling it to people from all over the world and, and then increasingly just to Americans. And after kind of three or four years of acting as a kind of an intermediary or international marketing agent, we just became full-time fix and flippers in around 2014 and just kind of took control of our own destiny a lot more after that, after spending many years kind of selling other people's real estate. It's, it was a lot of fun just buying and selling our own. And we got a lot of our inventory in the foreclosure auctions, but also, you know, wholesalers, MLS, direct mail, you name it. We were very experimental and, and just loving diving into the real estate market. But I came to Florida because the Great Recession kind of shut down all the other options and, and Florida real estate at the time, you could sell stuff at 30, 40 cent on the dollar. That was completely built, tenanted, cash flowing, some amazing uh, deals back then in that 2010 to 2013 period, particularly. Yeah, I was going to ask about Florida because I remember, man, like 2009, I mean, it was, of course, it was nationwide, but Florida mm. especially got hit so hard. I mean, that's when people were fleeing and, and nothing. I mean, it's one thing if you lived in Florida and you saw that as an opportunity, but you weren't even in Florida. You were completely in another country across the pond. Yeah, I was. And, yeah. and you, what even possessed you to go as crazy as just to try out something that so far away and, and something that uh, really was at that time viewed as high risk? I mean, I had really nothing to lose. I mean, my, my, I had to fire a bunch of people. I was owed loads of money by developers that were never going to pay me. And myself and my business partner were just thinking. We just literally yeah. went for a pint of Guinness and started thinking, what on earth are we going to do? And thankfully, he was a little older than me. David Shaw was his name. And he'd actually bought and sold a single family home in Kissimmee, south of Orlando. I think maybe bought in 02 and sold in 06. So he kind of got out. And he had a few contacts there in terms of realtors and property managers. So we yeah. just took a gamble and said, look, let's book a flight to Orlando. Let's set up a bunch of meetings with realtors, managers, brokers, and try and meet some of these developers that we knew had got caught out with condo conversions, particularly. And we just got lucky that we met some good people at the, I mean, met some bad people at this as well. I mean, you can't you have to kiss a few frogs in yeah. anything, but most of the people we met were good and we were able to hit the ground running because we had that database of investors, which is very valuable back then. Having access to people that had cash to buy real estate was a very valuable commodity. And we had that. We just needed to find a great product. And the great product at the time was in Florida. Because like you say, Florida is a kind of a roller coaster mm -hmm. real estate market, a little bit like Vegas as well. I mean, just the, yeah. the booms are bigger and the busts are bigger as well. And, and you just have to ride it. And uh, if you're in the business long enough, you have some years where you're making a ton of money and you generally have some years where you lose a ton of money as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for those that are maybe outside the US and they're looking mm -hmm. to invest, what, what would you recommend? Especially if they're saying, I've got cash, but I'm not sure exactly what to do with it. And especially because I've never bought something so far away, something yeah. that I feel like I'm so hands off. What do you recommend for those people? 
Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I don't think it's ever a kind of a good idea to manage your own properties anyway, because mm-hmm. it's a lot of hassle. And once you get past kind of three or four houses, it just becomes a real part-time job. And it's a kind of a $10 job you're giving yourself. So yeah. if you kind of get the mindset that you're going to outsource the day-to-day property management, you know, plumbers, electricians, roofers, all that stuff, it doesn't really matter to me if it's on the other side of town on, in another state or in another country. I mean, mm-hmm. from I, I lived a lot in, in Ireland and England and also in Spain, and the real estate markets there to me were nowhere near as dynamic as they were here. You had much, the cash flow was better, the rental returns were better, your your bang for your buck was better, you can buy much nicer houses, you know, big, big houses, big spacious suburban houses that cash flow really well. It's actually really difficult to do that anywhere yeah. in Western Europe. I mean, I know that's a big general thing to say because it's such a big area, but it is you know, you places like I have a property in Spain still. It's a beautiful property. It's worth about half a million dollars. But I was renting it for 1500 a month. Oh, wow. And that was like at the top end of things. I mean, so the, wow. the cash flow is just really bad. It's difficult to get loans. Closing costs are higher and you don't have the same mm-hmm. dynamic market of realtors and brokers and private money lenders and hard money lenders and, and property managers. And it's just yeah. a lot easier to do business here. And, and it could be in Tampa, Florida. It could be in Kansas. It could be in Ohio. There's loads of places where overseas folks have been buying for many years. And of course, the key is having a good property manager is, is the main one. And if you're in the market to buy lots of different houses, like five, six, seven, you know, kind of linking up with some of these turnkey providers is key. I mean, there are most realtors aren't investor friendly. Most realtors wouldn't have a clue how to deal with an overseas buyer. But there's a lot of turnkey operators, people like my company that, you know, kind of bought 60 to 90 houses every year and sold them to investors. I didn't mind if my buyer was in Texas or Tahiti. For yeah. me, it was the same. I mean, you can do it. And obviously, the main difference in not being here is your access to finance. You know, that that's a big roadblock. I mean, back in 2011 and 2012, when you could buy nice properties for $70,000, $80,000, $90,000, a lot of people had that kind of cash. And of course, nowadays, yeah. those prices have, have doubled. And now you're talking at you know one fifty to maybe 200000 for a nice property. Because I wouldn't recommend an overseas person buys a C or a D-class property. That's <laughs> definitely not. really for locals and, and kind of veterans that have enough of them so that the mistakes even out. So really overseas people want to be looking at kind of B minus, maybe C plus, middle class suburban properties, maybe priced yeah. about 20% below the median. That's a pretty safe way to go. And like if you just own it for long enough, you'll do well. And uh, if you have the cash, great. If you don't have the cash, uh, if you want to buy a $200,000 house, but you only have $50,000, that's that's a little trickier. I mean, there are some lenders out there uh, that charge much higher interest rates and have lower loan to values and more points and can get quite expensive. I got a little bit more creative in that I was able to actually, with local partners, buy and renovate houses with private loans. And once you get kind of four or five of them, if you have five houses that are up and running, tenanted, seasoned, then you can approach uh, kind of community banks, credit unions, places like that, that will give you, you know, commercial loan, maybe amortized over 20 or 25 years. And they will do business with foreigners or, or they wow. did when I, when I did them like seven or eight years ago anyway. So you, there are people doing it, but that's a little bit higher end. If your loan amounts are more than say $300,000 or $400,000, there are people doing business with overseas people and Another, another option is, is to partner with somebody local, Chris, where, where they'll 
put their name on, on the loans, you might put down half the money or a third of the money or, or whatever it might be and own it 50-50. I mean, there's a lot of lot of things you can do to, to figure it out if you're if you're open to it. That was actually one of my big questions because the one problem I see coming up, especially because banks right now, banks really are, you'd think that they'd be a little bit more aggressive with their lending, but they're actually tightening their lending over this last mm-hmm. year or so. And, uh, and especially for outside the U.S., I've noticed that it's hard to find any lenders. I mean, have you found lenders that even will be able to have someone from, say, you know, New Zealand buy, buy a yeah. property in uh, the U.S. and be able to finance it? You're right. I mean, it, it, the lending criteria is far stricter than it was pre-COVID. And obviously, even post-Great Recession, it got a lot stricter than it was before uh-huh. the recession as well. So it's much stricter, even for Canadians, never mind yeah. the, the Kiwis and Aussies. But and ironically, it, it, it's still a little easier to get a loan for a vacation home than it is for an investment property, just a rental. I mean, for me, it should be easier to get a loan for a rental because it's, so it's more of an income generation investment. But banks are still a little backwards. And it might, in some cases, it's easier to buy a vacation home in Orlando as an overseas <laughs> citizen because there's a lot of people own vacation homes in Orlando yeah. that live overseas. So you can do that and then maybe just turn it into a rental property once the deal is done. I mean, interesting. But yeah, I mean, for New Zealanders and, and Australians, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, the people that, that claim to do it, often there's a ton of red tape and that's often not even worth it. I mean, for me, it's easier to have cash. It's easier if you can get private money. Uh, I mean, you can get private money long term now. There's a lot of folks that will lend 5, 10, 15 years, but that's a relationship based game. And, and maybe one of the better ways is just to partner with someone local that might not have the down payment, for example, but might qualify for a loan. So they can get the loan, you can put down the down payment and you own it 50-50 and you can have an agreement that when you sell the house, you get your down payment back and split the difference 50-50. I mean, the American market is is a very flexible market. You can put whatever you want on Mm -hmm. on the the property documents. It's very, very flexible. Title agents and attorneys can help you get get through all of that stuff. And, you know, a great resource is is biggerpockets.com. By the way, there's a lot of overseas people on those forums talking about their forays into the US market and I'm kind of happy to give advice about how they bought real estate. And, um, you know, that's, that's worth checking out because it is, you know, you do, you do need to network with people that have done it uh, already. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a way of avoiding some of the easy mistakes, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now you mentioned you've got a turnkey company yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. more about your company. Yeah, a company. Yeah, I mean, we it's actually changed a little since COVID, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But for for many, for like 11 years, my company's called Torcana, T-O-R-C-A-N-A.com. And we started in 2014 in the fix and flip business and went from kind of doing nine deals the first year to 97 deals back in 2019, you know, wow. uh, most of which were sold to out-of-state investors that wanted to build rental portfolios. So I didn't really sell them to mom and pops or owner occupiers or retirees or whatever, just selling them a lot of Californians, a lot of wealthy W2 people, doctors, surgeons, et cetera, that had a lot of cash that wanted to get into the Tampa market. You could get good cash flow. You know, COVID kind of changed that a little. I mean, that inventory dried up <laughs> dramatically uh you know and that was in the yeah. for everywhere in the foreclosures from the wholesalers on the mls you went from having many months of available inventory to hardly any inventory and, and you know it's it was literally cheaper it was better to just list it on the mls than then sell it to an investor almost because you'd so little inventory so you know before i might have emailed four or five properties a month to a database and they all got snapped up even pre-renovation under contract whereas nowadays 
I'll list something on the MLS for 185 and literally within 12 hours, I've got multiple offers in the 190s, you know, so the game is right. kind of more in favor of uh, owner occupiers now and traditional kind of buyers with inventory being so tight, but there still are other, so I've pivoted a little in, is the answer to your question, but there's still a lot of other turnkey providers out there that haven't pivoted yet, but are probably yeah. thinking that they, they should. <laughs> do it. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're willing to be, if you're willing to kind of do it more actively and not passively, uh, if you're willing to network with wholesalers or network with people that, that know how to manage a renovation, if you can fund it, I mean, obviously you can get some more equity doing mm-hmm. that instead of just paying 200,000 for a house, maybe pay 120 for a house and fund a $30,000 renovation. I mean, you can get some good equity, which will improve your cash flow and improve your chances of getting a good mortgage and so on. Yeah. So that's worth doing if you're, you don't mind taking a little bit more risk and, and doing a little bit more research into kind of working with vetted partners, you can do it that way. But the turnkey model is, is still good, Chris. I mean, just kind of buying, even if the rental returns are not as high as they used mm-hmm. to be, maybe now you're getting 6% instead of 8%. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't buy the rental properties to get rich on, on the income the first few years anyway, do you? You, you do it because there's generally a lot of other benefits and, and most of them accrue over the long term, not not over the short term. So, you know, real estate is still a fantastic long term play, but in terms of getting immediate double digit cash returns, like Australians and, and New Zealanders used to be able to get, uh-huh. that's not around anymore. But the US to me still beats any other market I'm, I'm aware of. And I've, I've also sold in a lot of other markets over the years. Yeah. I keep an eye on them and just it's still easier to invest in the US. It's such a wide dynamic market. I mean, you can go to like you say, Midwest is good. Florida is, is good. You know, Alabama and Georgia are good. There's a lot of great options. There's a lot of turnkey companies that have worked for many years with international buyers. Yeah, I've worked with several of them. And yeah, turnkey is actually one of my personal favorites as a passive mm-hmm. investor. I love it because, yeah, you, you get the cash flow. And, and you're right. Like even now, finding 10 plus percent cash on cash return is, is more rare. You have to really hunt to find them. Yeah. But, but still, it's, I mean, we factor in the growth aspect, you factor in the fact that renters are paying down your mortgage for you and everything else. It's, it's a hard investment to beat with such low, low risk that you have in comparison. It is. And, and obviously, you get even more tax benefits if you're an actual American resident. You get a ton exactly. of tax residents with accelerated depreciation. It's actually, if you're able to, it's almost worth moving here for four or five years to buy <laughs> as many as you can, get the accelerated depreciation on the first yeah. year on all those properties, get your, your 30 year fixed financing at three and a half percent on a bunch of properties. And that's what I did. I mean, I moved from Spain to, to Tampa with my wife and my two kids and it was a big upheaval and it was a ton of stress. But in terms of the opportunities it opened up to me, even though I was already a pretty experienced investor, just living here gave yeah. me a ton of other options to, to accumulate more, more rental properties and, and, and those passive income streams and, and especially getting a good CPA to save me a ton of money on, on taxes. And it's a better place to earn income as a fix and flipper as well. There's just so many loopholes here <laughs> yep. in favor of people that are that are in real estate full time. It's um, if you've ever been tempted to, to do it, it's worth the, the work in, in my experience. But otherwise, yeah. you can still do well passively sitting in your comfy Spanish at the end or, or wherever you are. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I agree. Like, yeah, it's always fun because like I get those clients will say, all right, how do I get these taxes? Because I know in the US they won't tax me because I can write off everything I make. But man, when it comes across the border, it stinks. And so that's a good point. It's like it might be worth coming over for a few years, just getting all those tax benefits up front and then moving back wherever you want to go. 
if you can do it, it's worth it. If you can do yeah. it and really put your shoulder to the wheel, this fabulous benefits, you know, especially since Trump changed the taxes back in 2017, 2018, that, that made a huge difference. We'll see how long those last. But regardless, there's always tons of, of real estate tax benefits for anybody that, that is a full-time resident here. And even if you're not, you can still get the services of an attorney. You can probably hold your assets in, in a corporation rather than yeah. a, an LLC and, and just take out what you need and build up the assets in the corporation. Um, exactly. There's still a lot of stuff you can do as, as a business owner here. Anybody around the world is welcome to log in, open a corporation online. I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You might need to be here for one visit to open a bank account in one of the major banks. But other than that, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to open a business that can own real estate passively and, and actively. Absolutely. Well, Colin, I really appreciate the information you give us today. It's so such good, valuable information that we have here. So I really appreciate it. I learned a lot actually just listening to you. So thank you so much. Uh, if our listeners want to follow you and or even see what kind of investments you might come up with from time to time, depending on which way you pivot, uh, how would they be able to do that? Easiest way is just to go to my website, colininvestments.com, C-O-L-I-N investments.com. There's a lot of information there on, on reports and videos, and uh, you can subscribe to my mailing list. I send out emails about once a week. I also have a real estate podcast called Colin Podcast about real estate. New show comes out every Thursday morning, so that'll be easy to find as well. But I am uh, always happy to respond to people that inquire via the website. I set aside several slots in my calendar every week for just 15, 20 minute chats to people. And I'm, I'm very happy to do that with overseas folks. I, I'd get at least one person a month uh, contacting me from overseas. So I'm, I'm always very happy to, to chat about what I've done and answer any questions I can. Awesome. Thank you so much, Colin. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And everybody, yeah, go check out colininvestments.com. You know, we'll put that in the show notes, but definitely check it out because again, your life changes when you start to make changes. So again, thank you so much for your time, Colin. Great wealth of information, of course. And everybody else, again, it's not about listening to the word. It's about being a doer of the word. So go out, take action, make a difference in your life so you can have that freedom and that cash flow and the prosperity today. Make it a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.